I want to start, if I can, by asking you about Steve Bruce. Um, in particular, what he said about the abuse he received and the kind of toll it took on him. Um, some of the quotes were things like, never be wanted, reading people saying constantly he would fail from the start being called useless. Um, I mean, you wouldn't be human, I guess, if you didn't feel an enormous amount of sympathy for him. But how did you feel when you kind of heard exactly what he'd been through, what he felt? Well, I think it's the unfortunate side of the job. I think he's uh, certainly well-versed, thousand-game manager, which is incredible. Um, you know, I've got enough respect for him as a manager, but also as a person. I know him and, and class him as a friend in football. Um, you know, solid bloke, solid family. And, and, you know, it's a reality of the job. I mean, it's it gets worse every year because of the, the coverage. You know, everyone's got a phone. Everyone's suddenly a, a, a pundit of sorts, um, a reporter, if you like, of sorts sharing opinions you yourself ask me questions off the internet that are just thrown out there and you have to ask me it's part of your job but they are just things that are randomly on the internet that you have to ask me about so it is part of the job um not saying it's right uh, but it is part of the job we all know it we all know the world that we live in as managers um there are some very good things people you know speak to you about and say about you and when they meet you and stuff like that, there are some very bad things you know and that's part and parcel of the job um when it gets to an unacceptable level, where I think uh, Steve's point was, then someone with the respect in the game that he's got, um, player, coach, manager, then for him to say that, then it must have gone too far because he's a wise, rounded fella, um, you know, in his in his life as well as his career. I think um, someone I definitely trust for advice. So if he's saying it, then there must be some uh, strength in what his words are. And uh, like I say, it's a, an unfortunate side of the job now. You have always come across, or certainly you strike us as being fairly thick-skinned when it comes to this kind of thing, but does it ever affect you in that way or perhaps maybe affect your family when you read and hear things that are negative or bordering on abusive? I don't think it's about thick skin. I think you just get used to the world that you live in. You know, everyone has a norm. You know, everyone has a normal in their life and, and in football management, it becomes a norm. You know, if you stay in it long enough, you know it's highly unlikely you're not going to get your fair share of stick along the way, whether it's you as a person, you know, I get sometimes funny stuff about my voice, sometimes not funny stuff. People write things on the internet that are, you know, pretty harsh, I would say, at times. Um, sometimes people give views on what you're trying to do, what you're trying to achieve, with actually no knowledge of who you are and what you do. But that's, that's life in football. That's life in what we do. Um, so like I say, I'm not really going to over, overthink the rights and wrongs of it. Other people can do that. It's just there. It just is what it is. And you have to accept it, mostly. And now and again, you can say something and, and Steve's come out and said something that he thought was appropriate. And I'm sure it is. As I said, I trust his words. I can ask you about the, the team then this year, particularly in the start of the season. Um, in terms of starts to the Premier League, certainly since you've been back in the Premier League, it's the most challenging in terms of waiting for this win. Um, how do you make sure the players aren't affected by, by that as kind of a thing that almost hangs over them, I guess, because obviously you're working very hard to get their win. And as you've said many times, performances have been good without necessarily getting the results. Yeah, well, that's a key thing. Remind them of the performance levels, you know, show them some of the good work they're doing. I mean, I think there was a stout uh, just last week about with the sixth highest operators in quality of chance created, um, which is a good sign. Obviously, you are creating chances. Um, to make sure the strikers know that my only concern is not about the missing chance, not just the strikers, everyone. It's not about missing chances. I only, I only get on them if they're not in there to try and score them chances. You know, you miss a chance, a hard thing, putting the ball in the net. Um, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. So the balance is the performances, um, the level of performance, the consistency of performance, the work on the training pitch. 
um, the work they're putting in, the effort, the understanding they're putting in, you know, that's what, that's what you're looking for. Of course, like I say, my job, their job, all of our job is to win. Simple as that. You know, you can, you can mess around with it. I'm not hiding behind performances. I can assure you, you've got to win. So the next level of our performance is to turn them good performances into winning performances. And like I said, you, you, you would take a lucky one now and again, if that's what it takes to, to change the, that men, sort of uh, mentality, then you take it. But ideally, you want to earn it. You want players to play well and they earn the right to win. Because it does come down to perhaps individual moments or individuals taking chances, is it? Does it leave you almost helpless a little bit as a manager? Is that frustrating? Um, no, it's not helpless. I mean, you know, you continue with your staff. My coaches are good coaches, I think. They continue to work with the players as well, um, promoting good practice, promoting good ideas. It's it's just part of the challenge. You know, we've had spells like this before early last season. We weren't scoring that many and, or weren't, weren't scoring freely. I was actually weren't making as many good chances last season, um, but it changed around. I believe in the players wholeheartedly. I always have done any group that I've worked with here. Um, they know that. And, and you know, almost that trust in themselves to go and express themselves. You know, that's, that's the feeling that I want them to have because it's, it's a pressurised business, you know, football, and, and there is a very professional side of it, but there's still got to be that little bit where you, you thoroughly enjoy it, whatever the challenge is. So, you know, I try and express that to the players, you know, framework and freedom. It's got to be a framework, a tactical understanding of how you operate, but there's a freedom within that to go and play, to go and enjoy what you do, to go and take on the challenge. So it's finding that balance to make sure they're in a good mindset to go and deliver performances. And just finally on that subject specifically, I mean, in terms of confidence, I guess it's pretty difficult to quantify confidence and what it brings to a performance level or an individual's performance. But have you noticed the fact that the players are still looking for this first win? Is confidence waning? Is that one of your challenges to try and make sure it doesn't? No, I don't think so particularly. I mean, you know, confidence sometimes implies that, um, that edge that you need, but it comes back very quickly. You know, strikers are always a good example of it. You know, we've all seen it, not so much the, the super-powered strikers who seem to, you know, be relentless with their goal scoring, but, you know, strikers have funny little spells and then suddenly they score whatever, however that goal comes around and it all looks different again, you know, and that can be the same as a team. You know, a team can have that, that period when playing well or not playing well, the fact is something just clicks, you get a result and it changes the, the flow of how you work and operate. So... Like I said, it's it's not about waiting for it though. You know, it's about continue to work to make these things happen. Whether it is a striker scoring goals or or a player scoring goals, defender defending well, you know, defensive unit working well. You want it to work to go and make it happen. And I just keep going down that road with the players. You know, reminding them of that there's some good work being done. Stay strong, stay believing in what we do. The confidence is there, I believe, anyway, like an inbuilt confidence. And they've had these challenges before. There is some good experience here of when, you know, things have gone against us and how we find a way through that. But usually, in my experience, the minimum requirement is really the maximum effort. And that is hard work. You know, that's what it's certainly based around. So that's the first thing to keep on with the hard work that these players give to the club. And just one final one, if I may, on something slightly different in that I saw Kieran Trippier gave some nice quotes talking about you, saying that you're still in regular contact and saying maybe one day he'd like to come back and maybe even work with you in a coaching capacity. Is that the sort of conversation that you've had and what sort of a coach do you think you'd make, Kieran would make, given your well, experience in knowledge and friendship? I've always made it clear that I don't do favourites apart from Kieran. I always tell everyone that. I make sure they're always aware. He's always been my favourite. He's the one that I don't deny. Um... No, look, we had, a, we had a good relationship manager and player with all the people. I must say, he's very popular with the, with the staff, his fellow teammates, you know, everyone. So not just me. And sometimes you just connect with players, you know, that little bit more than, than others. And, and I always have. I always had a soft spot for him as a lad. Um, like him a lot. 
you know, know his family a little bit as well. And, you know, just just a, a good kid, you know, really hard. Well, he's not a kid anymore. He's a young, he's a man, you know, he's, he's, he's matured no end. Taken on the, the challenge of going to a different country to play as well, done superbly well. Um, and rounded himself into, you know, a really thorough professional. And, and, you know, he's had his fair share of challenges, you know, as well along the way. So, you know, but joking apart, that is my joke with the players. I said, you know, I don't do favourites, lads, apart from Kieran. So that's standard line. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Thanks, Ben. Um, Becky Ives, PLP. Hi, Sean. How are you? How are you? Good, thanks. We need to swap locations. My heating's broken, so you'd be happy as Larry here. <laughs> I did see your hands up your sleeves there. I thought that was a bit um, bizarre. Mind well, you, no, is, is the door open behind those? Is the door open? Oh, no, it's an internal door. I thought the, do I yeah. thought the back door was open. I've got open. a coat, but I thought that was a step too far. Yeah, so probably, probably. It is, it is, <laughs> it, I'm not kidding. It's like sweltering in here. I've got every window oh, open I'm on the door. Jealous. It's unbelievable. I'm jealous. Uh, look, let's talk about Southampton. What have you made of their start of the season? Because, like you guys, they were looking for their first win up until last weekend. Yeah, tricky start from. Um, you know, always seemed to me like a decent outfit. Um, you know, organise, want to work hard, try and try and take the game on like we do ourselves. You know, it can happen, like I say, and they, you know, worked hard to get a result. Um, first one for them, first win, sorry for them. And, and you know, that, that that's sometimes what it needs. Our job is to go down there, take on the game again. I think we've done that well this season. And, and like I say, make sure the details are right. Um, certainly a game that we, we feel that we can go and get something from and win. Um, but we feel that about most games. You know, we, we try and go to Man City with that mindset, you know, that winning mindset. Just different challenges across the season, but no, they're a good outfit. Uh, but I think we're in we're in decent shape ourselves, other than getting that win, of course. Well, what shape are the squad in? Is there any update on? Well, how's Ben Mee for a start, and then Bidra, Charlie Taylor, anywhere back on the scene? Yeah, them them three are the main three. We're, we're going to have to make a decision on all three of them, actually. Um, you know, because they're close, and it's it's that thing with three game week as well next week. So we'll have to make a decision on them. But they're all they're all close to it. Um, it's who we decide, you know, for what reasons. Um, and Dale Stevens is out on the grass at the minute as well. So, you know, a longer term situation, but he's getting himself fit as well. So, you know, we're hopeful on them three, but we will have to make a call on it tomorrow, I think. And obviously when you prepare for each team individually, um, you do that and each team will have a specific need. But do you try and employ any other tactics? Maybe mix up a routine, do something different that might spark that first one of the season? Yeah, I mean, there's little things, but you've got to be careful. You know, sometimes the, the automaticity that I've spoken about many times, the way the players work, that automatic might want them to work too. Um, you don't want to go too far away from that because we know these players can perform in the Premier League. They've proved it season on season. Um, do we try and adapt things? Of course we do. Do we try and adapt the way the team operates? Of course we do. Trying to work in the market. You know, Maxwell Cornet's give us something different and the feel of his performances so far. I mean, it's still early yet, but he's, he's offering something different. So how we use him, now the team adapts with him and... You know, all these little things. And we, we look at change of shape and tactics. Trust me, it's, it's one of them strange things. You know, I've been here a long time and people often just say, we, you know, we play this way, we play that way, we roll out the same team, all these different things. But me and my staff, we do a lot of analysis on what we do, a lot of analysis on the opposition, but always focused on what we do, how we get the best from these players, what, what tactical understanding they need. And then beyond that, little twists and tweaks to training, the feel and sometimes travel and hotels. You know, I've been here long enough to know that the, the, some of the things that might just, you know, tip that uh, that edge that you're talking about. But sometimes, hardest thing, the best thing is to do nothing, operate in the way that you do because you believe it will work. And I certainly have a, a strong belief in what we do here. John, thank you. Good luck thank for the weekend. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks, Mackie. Um, Daniel, Radio Lights. Hello, Sean. How are you? 
Interesting outfit. As usual, surely. It's a fair one. I've got to be consistent in all that I do in these things. Consistently, consistently looking like that. You're good at it. You do find consistency in your look, it's fair to say. I try my best. <laughs> if only for your entertainment. <laughs> it works, if it is for my entertainment. Excellent. Um, on the personnel, obviously you were without um, Ben Mee, and we talked about Collins and how much he had to kind of learn on the job almost. How impressed have you been by how well he's maybe not deputised, but stepped in? Well, I certainly, um, you know, wait on news tomorrow with Ben, but um, I made it clear before the Man City game that I th what I think of him as, a, as a, a person so far, the way he's going about his business and as a professional. Learning in the Premier League, you know, it's, you know you've followed us for a long time. You know the, the emergence of Tarkey and, and Michael Keane and the likes. And even Ben, when we changed him to play centre-back, um, you know, Jason Shackle was a fine player for us. You know, Michael Duff, you know, players who have... They've had to learn uh, to play in the Premier League. And I, and I think he's another one. You know, I think he will have to learn, but he's made a very, very strong start on the, on the training pitch, first of all, and during pre-season and the games he's played so far. So, so, so far, it's a healthy mixture. There will be things he learns, though. You know, the Premier League is, it's uh, arguably one of the best leagues in the world and arguably some of the best attacking players in the world. So you do have to learn fast, but he's, he's making good strides so far and showing good signs of what he's about. If Ben Mee is available, is that a nice problem to have with him and Tarkovsky and Collins all available and Kevin Long still in the wings? Yeah, well, well Kevin Long, I mean, you know, he, he never goes out of our thinking. Um, very good professional. He's had a, a little bit of a tough spell with injury, with first time, really, or first time with serious injury since uh, I've been here. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kevin's training well, looking sharp, but it's good to have people like Nathan come in and, you know, add that edge to, to what it is. You know, and, and the centre-halves, you know, they're, they're, look, they're, they've been fantastic. We'll continue to be on shore in, in due course with Ben and Taki being the main two. But, you know, footballers are not naive. They look around them and they know players and they'll be thinking, you know, he's, he's, he's a strong player. He's sort of learning, as is Kevin Long. So you want that healthy mixture, you know, of com, uh, competitive edge to these groups of players, position-specific and team-specific. You had Cornet and McNeil in your 11 last time out. Creatively, what do they give you kind of in tandem? Because maybe one creative player might be selected on a regular basis, but to have two of them, how much of an asset is that and how much does it change things? Well, we'll see. I mean, it's still early yet, but, you know, Maxwell's come in and shown some nice touches, some nice moments. Um, you know, the way he plays, the way he wants to attack and, and break the back line. Dwight working from deeper, but we know the weapons he's got with his passing ability and his, his range and, and still adding to his, his game with assists and goals, but you know, still relatively young in his years. Johan, of course, you know, is a very good player as well, very technical player. You know, we can, I think we're beginning, when the, when the squad's fit, we're beginning to get a group together who are very competitive and I believe are a Premier League group. Um, so that's pleasing for us, obviously. Um, and we can mix that a little bit now. You know, there are three players there. There's other players, of course, but then three kind of more technical players who can give us them variances. And, and obviously the, the continued emergence of, of Maxwell is yet to be seen, but he's certainly shown some good signs so far. Can they learn from each other? Can they pick up things from each other's games and kind of improve one another? Yeah, I think that's a, a natural part of being a footballer. You know, you... Little things, subliminal learning, you know, come off the training pitch, you know, little movements, little ways of working, sometimes connections as well, not just what you learn, but the way someone plays. And, you know, if you're playing uh, behind a side, uh, alongside a player, you know, you learn some of the things that would uh, rub off on you to get build them connections on the pitch. Not so much wide to wide, of course, that's slightly different. Um, 
But generally speaking, the connections on a pitch help you learn about your your group around you as well. So, yeah, I do think um, I do think players rub off on each other, and I do think you know they kind of um, sort of nick nick little things from each other when they think, oh yeah, you know, I like that movement, like this, um, and and that's how they should be. That's how you do learn. It's not just about coaches. It's not just about watching. It's also about what you're doing. You know, kinesthetically every day out there with your other uh, players around you. Southampton oh, lost go. Danny Ings, of course. Sorry, um, start, sorry, sorry, it was paused at the beginning there. Sorry, I didn't hear the beginning of the question. Uh, Southampton lost Danny Ings in the summer, but you know firsthand how difficult he is to replace. How big a job was that for you, and, and how big a job is it proving for, for Southampton? Well, before the rumours start again about Danny Ings, um, he has moved from here. And someone's bound to ask me, you know, is he on the radar? Because that was the origins of my time at Burnley when everyone used to ask me every single week if Danny Ings is moving. Uh, he's not here anymore to just confirm that. Uh, no, look, he's a big loss to him. He had a fine couple of seasons. You know, we, all, we always saw he was a, an excellent player when he was here. Let's face it, he got hit with injuries really hard, actually. You know, real tough spell of injuries when he went to Liverpool, came out of that. Um, did very, very well down at Southampton, you know, and, and proved proved himself uh, as the player he is and then moved on again. But that's bound to be a loss. You know, he's a good player, but they've got other good players there. You know, they, I don't think any team, of course, you know, it does affect you when you lose um, your top players, of course. But I, I don't think, you know, teams teams are not about one player all the time. There's, there's certain players give teams that extra um, edge, an extra bit of power, um, particularly in the attacking sense, although... Defenders as well, of course, but you know he's certainly one of them. But I still think Southampton have got other good players. So you know we don't we don't think that it's um, an easier task just because one player's left. You've kind of said all along that you don't consider yourselves established in the Premier League, and it's very difficult to do that. Do you think the relative positions of yourself and Southampton kind of prove that point? Well, no, it's not certainly not a point I wish to prove. That's for sure. I was certainly not hoping we are where we are um, at this stage. Um, but no, it, my point is there's, there's only a handful of clubs that I believe are absolutely nailed on Premier League football clubs, you know, and, and they've earned the right year after year after year. But even them, you know, uh, the obvious one, Man City, I know the finance now, but, you know, I played against Man City when they dropped down two divisions, you know, so it does happen. But generally speaking, there's a clutch of clubs that are very, very, very likely to be in the Premier League. Outside of them clubs, there's a chance that all different clubs can have a season when it's tough, Sometimes fall out, sometimes go in, stay in, all the rest of it. And I think it's not doing us down. I just think we're in that clutch of clubs. I think there's a number of them that have to continually work hard to do what they do in the Premier League. And we're, we're certainly one of them. I've never, never shied away from that. We have to work very hard to be in the Premier League every season. And with a three-game week, Sean, if the three points were to come this weekend, could that have a real knock-on effect in the two games afterwards and, and kind of boost that feel-good factor? Well, we'll see. I mean, you, the obvious thing is winning does change uh, or create a feeling amongst a group, quite obviously, and takes away a storyline at the minute. You get that first win and that kills all that storyline about the, you know, not winning and all them sort of things. So, yeah, of course, it, it makes a difference. Um, we all know that. Um, it doesn't change the next game and the one after, but it just adds to the, the feel-good factor of getting literally a win. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Um, Alex Halbin, you scored. Do you have a question? Yeah, hi Sean, how hi. are you? Um, just to follow up on the questions about Southampton and being the same clutch of clubs as you, um, is it difficult to not get wrapped up and put too much importance on these games, especially when you're in the position you're in at the moment, fighting against these clubs who are in a similar position and 
or area of the table? Um, well, they're all important. You know, all games are important. That's certainly something I've learned quite clearly from the Premier League. Um, it's helpful if you can win the games that are statistically more winnable, of course. Um, but there's no guarantees for that. Everyone's a good team in the Premier League. You know, we've seen the, the difference in seasons. You know, Sheffield United from one season to the next. Leeds currently different than what they were last season. Um, you know, the challenge is there for all to see. Um, so I know, we know the work that's involved. We know how we have to go about it. Um, so like I say, I'm, I'm pretty clear-minded with that side. And I know my group are. So, you know, we don't take anything for granted, but it is helpful if you win the statistical games that, you know, your, your past and most people in the Premier League, if you like, the, the games that are more winnable than other games. You know, it's always tough going away to Man City, to Liverpool, to Man United, etc., etc. Statistically, that's tough, but that doesn't mean that you beat everyone else in the division. You know, you've got to work very, very hard to win games in the Premier League, and that's what we'll continue to do. And off the pitch, the club announced this week that a current NFL player is one of the investors in Burnley. Is along obviously the financial aspect of that is good for the club, but is it good to get more eyes on Burnley and around the world and kind of grow your status as a club? Well, Alan and, and his team have definitely, you know, made that as part of the, the the continued viewpoint of the club. They want to add to the profile of the club. Uh, spread our wings a little bit further when we can. You know, within reality as well, I think they, they understand the history of the club and they're getting used to the area and, and the, the authenticity of it. But that equally is something that can be put out there. You know, the truth of a club and its connection with its town and the people. And so I think they're on board with a lot of things. And, you know, another another version of that is someone like him coming in to get involved with the club. Obviously, I don't deal with that side of things and the financial side. Um, I saw a picture of his suit, though, very similar dresses, me and him, quite obviously. Um, are you an NFL fan? No, not really. I don't know that much about it. You know, Super Bowl and stuff like that. But no, I don't really follow it. Um, God, it's, I don't know following football. There's a lot, of, there's so much coverage of football. <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know when you get time to watch everything else. But uh, no, I tend to stick with football. Perfect. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Thanks, Alex. Um, Hi, Sean. Hiya. Uh, with Ben, you were saying last week that he hadn't been particularly affected by COVID. I mean, did he ever get unwell or is it more just that having been away from the group, he maybe needs a little bit of time? Yeah, he had to, uh, he wasn't particularly unwell, but you know, you have to follow the protocols because of raising temperature and things like that. So obviously it knocks your, your training programme, obviously not in here, mm -hmm. you understand, but you know, his training programme away um, while he was going through the, the period to... Um, you know, signed back into the group sort of thing with the testing. Uh, so, yeah, it just knocks your training schedule as much as anything. It's not not necessarily that he was particularly unwell, um, you know, slightly off colour, bit uneasy with it, but not not uh, drastically unwell, no. Uh, it's just the, the knock-on effect of the effects of that and just being careful. Yeah, Connor Roberts was in the, the squad last week. Is he closer now to, to maybe getting some action for you? Well, he'd be around a bit. He still doesn't play 90 minutes, you know. You know, he keeps asking me that. Mm -hmm. we do, we, we're trying to get him games. He went away with Wales and arguably could have been, you know, if it went wrong, it'd be too early. But as it happened, he's come through it, which is good news. And I'm pleased with that. Um, he's training with us regularly now, of course. Still does need some game time, which we are trying to get games that would, that would suit him at the appropriate level in between what's going on with ourselves and the first team. But it's good to have him around the squad, that's for sure, because we want him to integrate into the group as a group, not just on the playing side. Yeah. We were talking to Jack Cork earlier, who's obviously been... That's a bit of fun conversation. Kind of... <laughs> Great. Um, used to playing every game. And this season, it hasn't quite been the case for him. But he was saying, you know, that, that that's fine, that's football. How important is that when you've got a bigger squad that, that players are kind of happy to 
to to play the squad game and, and to wait their time. Well, I think we're very open with the players and and ask them for their thoughts. You know, try not to let things fester. Um, I wouldn't remotely suggest that Jack Cork or any other player who's not playing is happy, but there's a professional side of what they do. We explain that to them and, and you know how important it is that all noses are pointing in the right direction, particularly around game times. Any problems, they come and see me after the weekend. We've always had a deal with that. Um, fantastic professional that he is, Corky. Um, and there will be a respect there, you know, because of his years of being in the game and around the game. It is good that we have challenges around these players now. You know, that the Corky knows there's, there's players around him who are competing, you know, and that, that's an important part of football. You know, it's not just, I've said all along when we talk about recruitment, it's not just the fact that you can, what you hope to buy players that will add to what you do immediately, but it's also that competitive element, that subliminal competition that goes on with a player to try and get the shirt and then remain in the side. So, you know, it's good that his respect is there, but equally good that he, he knows he's not, it's not a given. You know, he's got to play well, he's got to play, be very active for the team to make sure he's in the team. 